1: I'll share a little bit about him. He is the new president of Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri. That's not why I had him come. Uh, He used to pastor a church down in North Carolina before he took the position at the university. That's not why I had him come. I'm an alumni of Evangel University. That's not why he's here either. Why is uh, Dr. Mike here? uh, A couple months ago, my wife and I were attending a uh, minister's gathering for our region, and uh, they flew in Dr. Mike to do a couple hours on leadership, and it was really excellent. He was in the middle of this huge transition at the university. I'm going to let him tell you some of the turnarounds that have already happened, but this guy is a great leader, and I'm so honored. We were listening to him back in May, and my wife leaned over to me, and she goes, Pastor Lisa leans over and goes, I'm assuming you're going to be inviting this guy. (laughs) I said, you got that right. And, um, it's just great to have somebody who is not only been in the pastorate, but is also now in this educational world, launching young adults into all facets of, of, of occupation. So would you give a great welcome from the bridge to Dr. Mike Rakes today? Thank you.
0: Good morning, good morning, good to see you. To be called a great leader by Mr. Coach himself, famous around the country, Quite an honor. It's a joy for me to be here. My wife, uh, Darla, could not join me today, but uh, she sends her love and her greetings, especially to Lisa, and uh, we are just thrilled and honored to uh, be in the house today with you. Pastor Greg uh, has a national uh, leadership uh, reputation. He's known for being an innovator. Uh, and a leader, and uh, people have paid a lot of money to be with him and, and uh, have him coach them over the years. So I first knew about him 20 years ago, he found out about me about 20 minutes ago. So uh, anyway, it's a thrill and a real privilege for me to be in the room, and uh, Lisa, Pastor Lisa has her own uh, leadership network and connections and uh, is a leader in her own regard, and it's, it's a thrill. Uh, to be here. We have um, uh, two kids, uh, uh, one married, uh, who's given us uh, two grandchildren, and Darla's with them today, and our other daughter who uh, is in heaven. She was 27 when um, cancer um, took her life. She fought for four years. But anyway, I tell her story, my story and hers together. I used her journals. In mind, we just uh, talk to the Lord about that journey. So, if you know of somebody that's going through a difficult time, or kind of an uncertain, or or an unexpected um, tragedy or event happened, or a car wreck or something, and it really uh, uh, caused a lot of trauma, uh, it's a it's a great book. It's not a, it's not a joy reading book. It's a uh, it's it's me as a as a dad and a pastor trying to process um, when God didn't answer my prayers the way I wanted him to uh and and i and i do that so anyway uh all that to say what i learned is faith is not what you use to get what you want faith is what you have to have when you don't get what you want and uh my whole heart and my faith are in the lord my uh, when we went to plant a church uh, my son was in the second grade when we moved to orlando to plant a church and um his teacher had, had uh, called our house, this is in the days before cell phones, look to your neighbor and say, seriously, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, uh, the teacher had called the house, told my wife, look, your son, uh, your son is uh, causing a big disruption. I know you guys have just moved to town, but he's just uh, uh, talks too much in class and uh, really need to talk to him. So I come home from, from work, I was uh, teaching at a, a university there to support my ministry happened on the weekends and um, so I get home and she's like uh, "Braden got in trouble at school I said he's never had he's he's like a good kid he must be setting beside a bad kid and so I I called the teacher and I told her that and she said "Uh, Dr. Rakes actually your son is the bad kid (laughs) it's like okay so I went up to his room um, and uh, I said "Braden, what in the world uh, is going on at school he goes I'm in big trouble aren't I I say tell me what's going on he goes well you moved up up here to plant a church, I lost all my friends, and all I'm trying to do is find a friend. And instead of, you know, taking him to the next level, I was just like, okay, we're gonna pray. I said, kneel down right there. So he kneels down by his bed, folds his little hands, and I start walking around the room, oh, God! We need a friend! So, I mean, I'm just really painting the walls with this prayer. I mean, I'm hoping it works, I mean, you know kind of hoping it works but I'm trying to impact this kid you know that we need to pray so we get done praying I go back down the steps the doorbell rings so I I happen to be right at the bottom of the steps the doorbell rings so I went to the front door this little blonde headed kid is standing there he's turned out to be left-handed just like my son stands there he goes hi my name is Cole Uh, can can I be a friend to your son (laughs) I said don't move, (laughs) stay right there. So I went back to the the bottom of the steps and I look up and I said, "Braden, Braden, come here. So he comes around the corner and I said, get down here. He comes about halfway down the steps. I said, God just sent this kid. He wants to be your friend. He goes, whoa, God's (laughs) fast. It's like that. Nothing, nothing is too small or too big for God. And you can ask God for anything. And sometimes he gives you what you want, and sometimes he doesn't. But either way, we know that he is trustable. And that, that seed of that miracle, of that, that uh, moment impacted my son forever. And um, I want to talk to you today about these seeds that God uses in our life, or the fact that you yourself are a seed. And, and uh, being the president of Evangel University, what I've noticed is that this generation isn't a problem to be solved. They're actually what God is doing next in the earth to solve the problems that we have of all the division and all the rancor and and all the mess. And I have incredible hope and belief that these uh, young seeds, these young trees that are growing among us now are going to produce an incredible fruitful harvest. So I've just got four big things to talk to you about today. Four statements that I want to mention. The first is that the smallest seed can hold a large fruitful tree inside it. The smallest of seeds can hold a large and fruitful tree in it. It's common to say that trees come from seeds, but it's not true to say that all seeds become trees. Something is different there. Something uh, changes there. In other words, another way of saying what I'm trying to get at, and I'll say it this way, that the darkest moment that you can imagine for yourself or for someone else carries within it something of what God is wanting to do next in your life. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 says this, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, and look at this phrase, and it just jumped off, whose seed is in itself on the earth. God had what was coming next already inside the tree there in in the garden. What's, What's amazing is God is always about what's coming next in your life. So where you are now, whether it's good or very challenging, Is almost irrelevant because God is moving you along God is doing something new in your life so no trouble no hardship no pain will last forever that you come through difficult seasons and you come through that into seasons of flourishing and blessing the second big thing I want you to know is that the process of newness always includes adversity the process of newness In other words, when God's doing something new, it's usually uh, surrounded by all kinds of difficulty and challenge and even trouble. So when you think of a seed, the encasement that contains within it, the encasement of a seed, it has to crack open for what's inside to emerge. And that is the process that each of us experience over and over in our life on this earth, that there is this resurrection process of what God wants to do in our hearts and how he wants to uh, grow us and cause us to flourish in seasons of of challenging difficulty. When I was reading uh, the other day, I came across Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. And look, look at the, this as related to the passage I just read. Look at this. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. In other words... If you have grounded yourself, if you have been planted in the soil of the Lord uh, and on good soil, God is going to birth something, even in difficult times, God is gonna take care of you and and use nutrients to sustain you. In that same vein, I noticed that the seed pops up, the idea of the seed in the soil, you've probably heard a message on that or two. But in, in John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus responds to the disciples, and you know how sometimes when you read his response, it's just like, hmm, what is that? So the disciples come, they say, hey, these Greeks, they're not Jews, these Greeks, they want to come and meet with you. And then Jesus just looks at them and says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I stand to you, except a grain of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces a great harvest or it brings forth much fruit. And So Philip and, and, and uh, the other guy the other disciple got to be looking at each other like I was expecting a yes or no Weren't you expecting yes? Do you want to see the Greeks or you, I'm just a real simple fellow here, and you went verily verily. I'm just lost <laughs> Well, what happened in that Jesus was prophesying his death That you would think if anybody wasn't gonna have to suffer it would be God fully God fully man, but he came inside the human experience so that he knows The process of everything that we go through as being humans because of the fall because of sinfulness he took all of that upon himself and of course went to the cross we all know that so Jesus is telling them this story to response and he's basically saying to them I'm I'm a God that loves the whole world I'm a global God I care about everybody so yes the greeks can come see me but i'm investing my life i'm putting my life down here on earth in this soil because there is a resurrection genesis chapter three says uh essentially it says that that jesus came from the seed of abraham and what god was going to do next and you could see the idea of a seed and sprouting and, and growing so i want to talk about it just for a minute and and here's my third point I only have four tell your neighbor he only has four so we're already at number three this is going really good today (laughs) number three the seed must remain in obscurity or the seed remains underground or the seed remains hidden the seed has to stay still and buried because it's the gateway of what God's going to do next and so the timing it's important to know it's a maturity thing but the idea is in flourishing and, and, and becoming all God wants you to be, and that's the series you're in, it, it is to say that the timing is not up to the seed but up to the soil. The timing of how and what God is going to do in your life is actually not up to that seed itself, but the seed is being impacted by the environment around it. So what's coming next depends solely upon what you're feeding on like the nutrients that are getting into your spiritual life and the deeper parts of your inner life, those are critical to what your life is going to become like and and the growth that you're going to experience there. This is really where the battle for your own sanity and your spiritual self-soul is. Can I hang in here even when it doesn't feel good, even when it doesn't feel right? And we learn from Genesis that the way you think has fallen. They call it the noetic effects of sin, this idea of the noose has fallen. So that your own thoughts are going to lead you astray if you're not careful. And then the, the scriptures tell us that the heart can, be, uh, can deceive you. So if you say if your thoughts and your heart or your emotions are off kilter, or if you're being driven by your thoughts and emotions, you're going to find yourself not flourishing uh, in, in God's garden the way you should be, or in the forest of of spirituality that God wants you to flourish. In other words, what I'm saying is there's something deeper, something bigger, something greater that God wants to do inside of you and that is that the seed has to remain buried and allow things to change, allow the process of change, of the, the encasement of the seed falling away. Germination is what we call it in, in the natural sciences. Evangel, we have 70 different uh, majors. We train, you know, um, uh, Accountants and marketing specialists some work in Asia some they work all over the world literally, but also here in the states We have pre-law pre-med all of that. We're, we're not a Bible college, but we do have you know, about 150 that are, are studying our Enrollment surge this year over 2300 now God be praised for that so really growing the schools doing well We have a football team and a marching band, but the truth is buying education or education alone is not enough something else is missing and what's missing is the transformation of the human heart and we're seeing a generation that are just tired of the fake and tired of of the lies really and looking for that authentic work of the spirit in their own heart and and they're finding it right and and finding and seeking after him and i i see this truth at work that god's germinating or growing something bigger and greater and so in the Uh, discipline of the natural sciences, we learn about seeds. So the plants um, uh, germinate. So the seed is buried in the ground, and then uh, the moisture begins to melt away or break up the seed, and the seed gives way to something else that we call this embryo. And that embryo has like two... Um, uh, parts that one part's going to grow up that you see that becomes the tree The other parts are the roots on the ground that you don't see and both are growing at the same time In other words, the, the way God has made the world to function and the way God has made you to function Is that you will grow roots down into the soil the for your spirit? Uh, uh, to grow and be nourished by while you're maturing so that your life can serve as a a wonderful fruit tree of grace and love and long-suffering and patience and gentleness and goodness to all of the earth around so that they can be touched by it. And so this is how a tiny seed becomes a huge tree if it stays in the right environment. When it dies, then it seems perhaps all is lost. When I went through the loss of my daughter, uh, it just, I, I kept pastoring and having grown up in the church and standing on faith and confessing scripture and believing my own daughter doing the same thing. We just, it, I, for four years I never entertained the idea that she might not survive. It just never occurred to me that, that God would not, that God would let me down or that somehow, but all I can say to you is God didn't let me down in the classic sense that we would say that. God had a different plan that I don't yet fully understand. So I'm standing here even this morning, years after Whitney's passing, to tell you that there is a mystery to all of the, the pain and the challenges that go on in our world, but there is a God who never leaves us who walks with us no matter the challenge maybe you're in treatment maybe you're going through something all i can tell you is stay close to him trust him or maybe you've lost someone or you're struggling with with how this is or why isn't god feeding the starving children around the world all those kinds of things that would come up but there are this this main message that comes to us is i'm not god and i'm not in control that my life is submitted and that's what it is to be a soil and be buried in in the in the dirt if you will what i've learned is though that the seed is the gateway through which god is going to bring new life so you have to stay inside let's just think about the church uh, the bridge for just a second that it becomes really important then for every person in here to realize these young people that are are running around in the years, that are in kids church right now are doing their thing they're running around they need you they need you to provide an environment so that their own faith can be cultivated inside a culture that's becoming more and more anti-Jesus every day. That the more and more culture becomes anti-Jesus, the more and more we need trees of righteousness and goodness and good fruit and love, right? So that this generation can feed on that. Or to sing out a song or to even lift your hand every now and then in prayer means so much to the person standing next to you that may be going through something earth-shattering and difficult or some difficult uh, situation or brokenness in their own life you know much can be said about how we think about going forward in our personal lives or our careers or whatever but if you really want to get to flourishing you realize promotion doesn't come from man promotion or elevation or advancement comes from God this flourishing so Mature and strong healthy churches matter to the environment uh, Around them in which God has placed them and this this place is you're unbelievable First of all y'all just when they said just turn and say hi y'all aren't normal I mean, I love you, but you're not normal like y'all really did it (laughs) Most churches like hey, how you doing? Then you just look back up front, you know, it's like He had to come up here and stop (laughs) y'all that's like healthy community that's the environment of faith this this spiritual ecosystem where the goodness of the Lord flourishes among his people I believe the spiritual health of the local church are more is more critical now than it's ever been the number four look to your neighbor and say yep he said it (laughs) number four flourishing in adversity requires an attitude of endurance. Flourishing in adversity requires an attitude of endurance. The, uh, you know, I, uh, no one in my family had ever gone to college. I went to college, I left home at 17, went to college, graduated, I was the first one to get a master's degree, then I got another master's degree, then I got a doctorate degree, And I got another doctorate degree. I have enough education to choke a small cat. (laughs) You know, it's, I mean, I'm I'm edumacated, just so we're clear, everybody in here. But what I can tell you is, no one ever asked me my GPA. Until this morning now, a bunch of y'all are going to come up and ask. I've learned this church now, I'm getting it. Okay. My GPA got better as I went along. But I'll say this, education isn't about your GPA. Education is about perseverance and not giving up. You just keep hacking away, you keep learning, you keep learning so that I'll, so you you get the theoretical underpinnings of, see, I paid a lot of money for that phrase. That's all I'm gonna say. Flourishing in adversity requires not the skill of endurance, you can't learn it in a book. It's the attitude of endurance. So here's the the way I'll uh, kind of head toward the conclusion of the message with the story of Peter. Everybody knows the apostle Peter. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Jesus says these words about Peter Simon Simon listen Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat But I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail and you when once you have turned back Strengthen your brothers and then he said Lord. I'm ready to go to prison and to death Jesus said I tell you Peter the rooster will not crow this day until you have denied me three uh, three times that you even know me in other words Peter was going to fail. I thought Jesus prayed he wouldn't fail. We prayed that uh, Satan was trying to sift him. There's a difference between being sifted and actually failing. You're all going to fail. You've already failed. In fact, you've already proved that you're not God because you're not perfect. Everybody will fail. Everybody will fall short. Everybody will go through some things. It's not that. Jesus is praying that he will not quit that he will not be drawn away into other mindsets and that he will not just give up. And so through it all, Peter keeps growing. We see it in his, from his uh, young uh, uh, or late teenage days. So listen to a couple of these things. He was the disciple who tried harder than anyone else that appears in scripture. The disciple who said the wrong thing at the wrong time, who wounded others by trying to do the will of God. Remember he chops off the guy's ear? Like that's an awkward moment. The disciple who attempted great things he walked on water and ended up over his head that's a good story the disciple who just quit quit and went back to his old career yet the only thing under Peter's actual control was to endure and not give up Jesus saw Peter striving as a prayer of desire Jesus saw him trying so hard but Jesus saw it not as a horrible thing but as a thing to say it's an immature thing but he's got to hang in there. Look at look at a couple other things. Jesus corrected his mouthiness when he said, "Okay, okay, now you have the mouth of Satan coming out of your lips. I don't want to hear those thoughts, right? Get behind me, Satan." He told that to Peter. That's that's also awkward. And then he, Jesus picked up the man's ear off the ground, stuck it back on his head, and Peter's like, "Ooh, my bad, sorry. I thought that's how this was going to go down." And Jesus rescued him for his future ministry cuz he's going under the water he's sinking you know who blew but you know Jesus just a Peter poor guy and then Jesus builds a fire to replace the memory of the other fire he was at where his failures happened the smoke of this fire carrying the fresh fish that Jesus is cooking for him wipes out all of the memories of those three encounters where he failed Jesus so miserably in his mind because Jesus prayed for him so it wasn't that Jesus prayer didn't work it was that Jesus saw failure a different way than we view failure the failure wasn't that Peter wouldn't make a mistake or even deny him three times the failure would have been Peter to not repent and come back for Peter to walk away the whole point of having faith and endurance and maturing is that you don't walk away you get back up and you keep trying and that's what I'm saying the metaphor I'm using is the seed becoming a tree because it's staying in that soil and allowing the maturity to come think, think, about, it. think about it this way that um, you might be in a season of sifting right now or the storm of a lifetime hitting hitting your tree uh, as it were but it's the opposite sometimes of being in a harvest season. So when, when the enemy's really trying to steal you away or sift you or cause you to lose faith, it may not be that you have a great harvest going on, it may be that it's a, it's a call for endurance. That the Peter who survived the sifting process writes, now all these decades later, and I, I want him to put it on the screen, here it comes. Watch this, this is Peter writing, the guy I was just telling you about but it's decades later he's like an old dude now (laughs) blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ by his great mercy he has given us a new birth into a living hope through his resurrection through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time in this you rejoice even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold though perishable is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when jesus christ is revealed watch this peter's writing now still more toward the end of his life Although you have not seen him, Peter has seen him. He says, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, because he's gone, he's he's ascended to the Father. You believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What What is the secret sauce then of Peter here? Endurance. Read the whole book of 1 Peter. It's about suffering and hanging in there and not giving up and that is how to flourish in a season of suffering. What I can say to you, and I can can say to you with, with my personal experience, I have taken the hit in the face of losing one of the most precious things in my whole life. And I'm still standing. I'm still here to tell you Jesus is real. He hears you. He does answer prayer. He knows what you're going through. He deserves your full devotion, your attention. I don't care if you're 20 or you're 80. You need to go all in on following him with your whole heart. God be praised. Amen.